74 in this bitch and it's about Cyamando <laughs> <laughs> episode 74 uh, for my beloved ones the indomitable great Cyaman it's uninspiring Gohan <laughs> just regular old lame ass uninspiring Gohan gonna be a good show tonight, Kyle. Ah, uh, dude, we're fucking on point right now. This is like some, this is some old super dope shit. And by old, I mean early, because... Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today, for sure. We're gonna talk about episode 74. We're also gonna talk about Cell, which will be fun, because who the fuck thinks about Cell, except been, everybody. Been waiting for that shit. Bring everybody everybody else has back. been. Yeah. Bring, bring me that motherfucker back. You got Don't the ravage treatment. No, no cell. No cell for you. No rabbits for you. No napa for you. No cell for you either. So we'll talk about cell a little bit and how, who knows, man. They could kind of already have brought him back in a way. Uh, and then we had some very interesting comments come out from the director of the Broly movie, Tatsuya Nagamine. I think I said that right. I don't know that I did. I only read it. haven't heard it. Tried. Didn't go to YouTube for my news. So <laughs> uh, let's talk about 74 first, though. So me and Mike watched uh, 73 because he didn't catch last week's. Uh, so we had to get the background on B- Barry Khan. Barry Khan, the American. American Barry Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, American Barry Khan. New band name, I call it. Uh-huh. American Barry Khan Hollywood sensation. He's kind of a dick, dude. I don't yeah. really like that guy. Just kind of. Just kind of a dick. Turns into a big fucking purple one-eyed dick monster, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Nothing. This is a very... Um, a lot of the, th- the things in this episode remind me of... Obviously, you know, early boo arc of Dragon Ball Z just because it revolves around the great Saiyan, But... Mm. It also had a lot of influences from GT, in my opinion, and the baby stuff specifically, Sephirians, and how baby is, you know, this parasite who latches on to Saiyans throughout the baby arc, and he kind of goes up and up and up, gets Goten, gets Gohan, eventually gets Vegeta. And if you think about it, Watagash is kind of like the same same sort of deal. The host that he takes over gets exponentially more powerful, obviously, but he is in control. And we see when this episode picks up, Jocko thinks that um, because Gohan is so evidently powerful, he doesn't know that the great Saiyan man is Gohan. So he's like, mm-hmm. this motherfucker's flying around with a chick on his back, trying to moonlight and shit. Watagosh has gone from straight up carnage and destruction to trying to get his dick wet. And mm-hmm. I don't appreciate it. I'm going to shoot him with my space cannon. Mm-hmm. My big ass space cannon. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't think, I don't think Go- Jocko has a particularly high opinion of Gohan because 
you know, not as capable, uninspiring son. Yeah. As he outlines it once he has a, once he gets, once he gets the helmet off, he's like, oh, it's you. Nailed it. You fucking loser. (laughs) Hey, you're that dude who got pwned by some fucking saying not. You're that dude who got pwned by some fucking like Frieza army, like piss-ons. Bum. Fucking bum. You couldn't even find your... (laughs) Can't even find your gi. You brought your tracksuit, you fucking nerd. You wore your glasses to a fight. What the fuck? Nerd. Fucking nerd. This is a fun episode already. I can already tell. We're going to have a good time tonight. It's a good episode. Yo, would you believe we've been doing this shit for a year? Almost. Wow. You would believe it because we have plans on Friday night to do a fucking one year anniversary show oh is that what friday is that's what friday is dude what the fuck i thought it was that movie swapping thing oh what do you mean the movie swapping thing we all go to a different movie and then report back oh no (laughs) (laughs) whatever the fuck mike obviously has got uh, mike doesn't understand all of the plans going on for us right now so let me let me let me outline them quick not only for the audience but for you too um friday night me you Brandon, Martinelli's a maybe, and if Martinelli's here, I imagine Alicia will be here too. Uh, August thirteenth, I think, was the day that we posted our first episode, according to you know what I've got on on the official feeds here, the RSS feeds. August thirteenth was the first episode. August thirteenth is next Monday. Uh, today is the fifth. We're recording this late on Sunday night. It'll go up next Monday morning. It'll be the one year anniversary show. And on Friday, we'll be talking not about a specific episode because 75, I won't be out. I mean, maybe we could probably just watch a sub and, and do a quick, like, fuck 75 thing and then do all the other fun stuff. I want to, like, talk about some, like, favorite bits. I want to talk about favorite episodes of the series. I want to talk about some of the listeners, <laughs> some of my favorite and unfavorite listeners. Mm. I, I really want to uh, some of the social media guys that talk to me a lot love most of them some of them Jesus man I want to talk about all that shit but with you know open fucking um, what's the word I'm looking for open dialogue with my uh, constituents yeah. I do declare I'm sure we'll uh, stick the format Kyle <laughs> yeah nah fuck Not the that format I think house. Friday night we're gonna yeah we're gonna have at least <laughs> We'll have at least three, potentially five. I tried to get Freitas in too, yeah, but Freitas has to work pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna go. It's gonna go very badly. We'll have to sedate Alicia, I think. <laughs> so Friday night, we're gonna do that. I think I'm gonna throw up um, the iPad and do a live stream too, just in yeah. case anybody wants to submit questions and stuff like that. How many episodes of Heroes are out yet, dude? Get this shit on Heroes two, uh, fucking two, huh. and I think the release date is for episode three i think september 2nd the last one we got was july 17th Jeez. what's that like six seven weeks Jeez. in between Jeez. fuck out of here man that's all we got right now yeah. although there has been a couple other things that released in terms of like broly news uh this week which is very interesting we're going to talk about that too we can watch those on friday but again to reiterate friday night live stream facebook live anniversary We've been doing this for a year. What the hell? This is this will be fun. Yeah. And if listeners want to jump in, I will probably do it sometime around like 8, 9 p.m. Eastern if you want to jump on the feed and ask questions, whatever. Um, 
But what you were talking about in terms of the movies, we are doing a live podcast for Superdope on September 17th. Fathom Events will be doing screenings of Broly the Legendary Super Saiyan. I believe that's Dragon Ball Z movie six. Hmm. And is it six or is it eight? Might be eight. Is it like nah, I think eight is second coming. <laughs> second coming. Anyway, Fathom Events will be screening Broly locally here in Rhode Island and just across the nation in general. So if you live in America, check out fathomevents.com to see if they are doing a screening local to you. They're doing three near us. So the plan on that night is, Michael, you got you in? <laughs> Listening? You got this? Focus. 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 That night, we will be taking the super dope team out. Teams of two will be going to each screening. Uh, it's going to be me, you, Brandon, Bradis, my buddy Chris, who's never been on the show, but he doesn't really give a shit about Dragon Ball either, but he's totally <laughs> down to help promote. <laughs> and Alicia, I believe, is going to be the sixth one. And Martinelli's out of town. He's in Maine, so he won't be around. But two of each of us are going to go to each respective screening. We're, we're going to watch, except me, because I'm going to run to the venue to get shit set up. But we're going to hand out flyers and business cards about Super Dope and say, hey, we're doing this screening afterward, or they're doing this live podcast afterwards talking about this movie you're about to watch. If you're not up to anything at 9 o'clock on a Monday night in Providence, or you're going by Providence, or you're local to Providence, come hang out. It's free, bitch. Have a beer and talk about Dragon Ball in public. That'd be fun. All right. So that's September 17th. It's a Monday night. And that's going to be at... at Askew in Providence, A-S-K-E-W. That's 150 Chestnut Street in Providence, Rhode Island, September 17th. I'm, I'm thinking the show will be around 9, 930. Hmm. Probably do like an hour-long podcast. We'll have a few of us up on stage. If we do manage to draw a couple people out from the screenings or like just our friends and shit, who cares? Uh, have a good time and talk about Dragon Ball in public. Maybe play a couple like audience-based games or win some prizes and shit. I don't fucking know. Sounds good. Anyways, now that we've plugged our events, uh, back to let's try to do episode 74. So episode 74 is like I took a page of notes, like thick as fuck. It's a solid page, man. Saying, dude, look at all this shit. Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan. <laughs> and I fucking scribble some shit, man. I don't know. This episode to me, I don't fuck. Fuck the notes. We're going off book today because I oh, want to try shit. to do this segment in 10 minutes or less because we got way too much fun broly shit to talk about, which is a weird sentence for me to say because mm. fun broly shit. Mm. Catching the hype, man. I'm not catching hype. I just think the, <laughs> the shit we're going to talk about today, the comments from the director are just fucking fascinating. I think it's well worth breaking down because there's a ton of information about not only the plot, but like. Potentially how they're going to be angling the protagonists and antagonists in this movie. I think it's going to be fucking cool as hell. Gonna be cool as hell. Like that? Fucking like that? Word. Anyway, 74 is... I like that you see Goku, all right, for <laughs> 10 seconds in both 73 and 74. <laughs> Just to remind you, oh yeah, he's not really in this episode, huh? That's, that's kind of... That's funny. That's cool. This is the parallel fucking reality this is the parallel universe where akira Toriyama went into the fucking beginning of the majin buu saga and he's like i'm gonna make gohan the main protagonist now <laughs> goku you're gonna stay dead 
You're going to be like a secondary supporting character now. It's just not fun with you around. You're too GD powerful. Right. Go on. You're the guy. This is the fucking parallel universe where that works out. And Goku doesn't come back to beat Majin Buu. And the series becomes Dragon Ball Z Gohan. Hmm. Imagine if Gohan worked out as the protagonist in Dragon Ball Z. And it didn't shift back to Goku. Do you fucking realize how much great Saiyan man you'd be getting on a regular basis? Oh, God. All the time. <laughs> It'd be like, hey. Well, I think the interesting part about that series and i don't even think it's that fucking interesting i just think it's interesting in the respect that it is such an opposite thing of goku goku spends you know dragon ball and dragon ball z running around being like yeah i got some responsibilities and shit yeah i accidentally murdered my grandpa mm -hmm. yeah i got this chick pregnant mm -hmm. yeah i got this chick pregnant and then died mm -hmm. i'm just gonna go train though it's cool mm -hmm. and just totally blowing off all his real responsibilities and then Gohan takes over and he ends up being this guy who's like, I love my wife and my daughter. I have to protect myself and my identity. And you see Great <laughs> Sam in every fucking episode. Oh, It'd be like the Japanime version of Greatest American Hero. <laughs> Except dude doesn't need any instructions. He just is a fucking Super Saiyan. <laughs> and every once in a while with his helmet on, you see that golden glow and you're like, yo, he's Super Saiyan under that helmet. Mm -hmm. Ooh. You think you fooling people, man? You ain't fooling me. I know the distinctive characteristics of a Super Saiyan transformation, bitch. So, this episode's funny in that way. I mean, it's kind of that slice of life-ish kind of stuff for the purposes of this series and how they structure episodes and just, you know, the, the flow of the quote-unquote arcs in general in Super. I think this episode straight up is a rip-off. And I don't want to say it's a rip-off of this one thing specifically i'm sure this is a fucking thing that's been done throughout countless animes and horror movies or whatever but just the idea of a parasite taking over the host and making that person super strong mm -hmm. this is straight up a plot from ranma episodes that i watched when i was you know a little kid when the viz did the videotape shit mm -hmm. two episodes for 25 dollars. you believe that shit mm -hmm. on a vhs huh they released a box set of a season, all VHS, like 12 tapes. It was like, Digital Dojo, $2.99. I'm like, $299, motherfucker? You got to be kidding me. Jesus. But I digress. Straight up a Ranma plot. Uh, mm. And not only that, I think the another, I think, I don't know if it's on purpose. It's probably not. It's just me fucking noticing little coincidences. But the main girl in this, Coco, who... Eventually, you know, you find out that Barry can is like, hey, invite this dude over your house. Rehearse lines. I'm going to send the paparazzi there. You're going to take photos. I'm going to ruin this dude's life. His wife was kind of a bitch to me hmm. in the first 30 seconds that I met her the other day. So I'm going to ruin her life <laughs> and his life. Because Barry can knows the way. Nobody fucks with Barry Khan, the American. American Barry Khan says, fuck you, no way. <laughs> so Coco is the uh, the idol, the pop idol turned uh, <laughs> into serious superhero, superhero movie actress. <laughs> com uh, com uh, serious comic book actress. Serious comic book movie, movie actress. <laughs> Oh, man, there are some really good Gohan lines. I'm telling you, 
underappreciated comedic aspect of Dragon Ball is the Great Saiyan and Gohan. That's a hilarious episode. I can see how people get annoyed, but like if you can't laugh at it, I just I don't know what's wrong with you, man. I feel bad for you if you can't laugh at this. <laughs> so Gohan then uh, gives some kind of speech to Coco. Or is it Coco who gives a speech to him? Coco gives him a speech after that because Gohan's like, hey, you made a great transition. Your career's progressing. And then she's like, yo, what up, Gohan? You the real MVP. You're all about your family and shit. You love your wife and you love your daughter and you say fuck Barry Khan. And you can fly and shoot energy blasts and shit. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to figure it out, Holmes. No fucking question. Anyway, Coco reminds me of Doko. And Doko is a band, a fictional band from Ranma. Hmm. Made up of all the voice actresses who play, you know, females in the in the cast. And they sing in character. It's like... The girl who does Akane's voice sings. The girl who does Ukyo's voice sings. The girl who does Shampoo's voice sing. And I think maybe Kasumi. Maybe Nabiki. I don't know if Nabiki's in that. Maybe. Maybe it's a five-lady Ranma power band. Mm. Anyway, Doko Coco. Ranma comparisons. It's all, I, don't, I love Ranma. Let's just do a fucking Ranma podcast. <laughs> Why are we even doing Dragon Ball? Right. Dragon Ball can suck my dick. Anyway. Uh... Barry Khan, douchebag, shows up at Gohan's home. After Gohan does like the fly home of shame. And right. his wife is up late waiting. She just rode him like a horse. Yeah. She's like, assume the position, Gohan. I'm gonna fucking ride you home. <laughs> Yo, Coco Coco just like knows. She's like, flying's dope. And basically I'm gonna pay you money now to fly me around the city skyline. <laughs> so Gohan does get back home to Videl. Does the walk shame. Oh, yeah, we were rehearsing late. And I think Gohan has that moment of clarity where he's like, yo, fuck, lying is mad easy sometimes. <laughs> I don't know why I feel guilty all the time. Lying's so easy. <laughs> and he's totally cool with going with the lie. Until 60 seconds later, <laughs> Barry Can knocks on homeboy's door. That Incriminating photos. Hey, Videl, check out this kiss that Coco gave to Gohan on the roof. Ooh, that must hurt. Videl's like, you get your fucking ass out my house. Mm-hmm. Gohan's a good man. Yeah, this bitch is kissing him on the mouth, but you know what? There must be a good reason for it. And Gohan's like, yeah. Get out of here before you wake up my kid, asshole. Beat it. Beat feet. You know how hard it is to get a fucking toddler to bed? (laughs) Especially one that can fly around the universe and shit. I wonder how you baby-proof a house for like a Saiyan toddler. You gotta like bar the windows up and shit. You just gotta like hope that they don't crash through the roof when they accidentally fly. How do you handle doorknobs? They probably break doorknobs off. Once they're tall enough to reach the doorknobs, game fucking over. Just rip the door wide open. Right you wouldn't out. have doors in your house anymore, I imagine. Yeah. No doors. Dude, saying toddlers must be super fucking dicks. Yeah. The only real point of reference we have is early Dragon Ball where Goku shows up and, you know, he's real angry and shit and tries to kill everything. But 
falls down a canyon, bumps his head, and then he's magically borderline mentally uh what's the word? Indica. Developmentally disabled. That's the word. Next thing you know, he falls on a can and he's slightly developmentally disabled. He ain't being all destructive and shit anymore. Pan, though, she's happy. She don't want to kill things, but she gets excited. She flies around. How do you baby-proof a house for that? I don't think you can. Nope. Wow. I guess just let's be thankful that we never, you know, procreated with members of a fictional animated race. I don't think I'd want to. No, they probably break your dick off inside of them yeah. and you never see a dick again. It probably happened like instantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, dude. Probably bleed out. I don't imagine it'd be like a, a cauterized wound, you know, when it comes out. No, I would not be. You gotta have a little, a little cauterized nub. <laughs> nope. No, you bleed the fuck out and die. Yeah. Out of your dick. That's not a pleasant way to go. No. Oh, man, that would be shitty. Anyway, next thing you know, uh, evil space parasite. What a gosh. Sephirian ripoff. Venom ripoff. Yeah, he's a Venom ripoff, but he goes up Barry Khan's butt. Mm-hmm. And uh, Barry Khan suddenly looks like General Blue from the Red Ribbon Army. Super buffed out. Got them crazy eyes. He's like, I'm going to fuck your day up. And, you know, busts through his house, breaks down his wall. It's my shitty wall. <laughs> and they go back and forth. They have a fight. Barry Khan eventually becomes Super Mecha Ozora Blue Furry SSJ4 Baby <laughs> Ozora Golden Ripoff, but not because it's blue sort of thing. And, uh,. I really like whenever big monsters come into Dragon Ball, though. Like, I'm a kind of a sucker for that shit. It's pretty cool. Like, anytime an Ozura pops up, Golden Baby, Harutagarn. Harutagarn movie is one of my favorites. So this one, I'm like, yeah, big-ass monster. Let's fuck up a city and then key blast his ass back into the sun. <laughs> Call it a day. The end. America. America. Fuck Yeah. But then Gohan goes American Barricon all over Barricon's transmutated monkey ass mm-hmm. and uh, super great say a man wave attack or something. Mm-hmm. His ass. It's, it's, it's Kamehameha, but <laughs> super great say a man wave. Kapow. And then Barricon's like, oh, that water gosh fucked off. And Jocko mm-hmm. caught him. Jocko showed up with his cannon again today. Dude's always swinging a fucking cannon around. What does he have to prove? He's got to prove that his space cannon won't take any of your space shit. It'll fucking blast you to space dust, you space idiot. <laughs> uh, But yeah, that's basically the end of 74. Goku went to see the movie. He uh, fell asleep because he's a douche. Jocko captured Wadagosh again. Went to get... Moon ramen mm. again, and Watagash escaped again. So in this parallel universe, where Gohan's the main protagonist, maybe Watagash just escapes because Jocko's just permanently fucking incompetent. Mm-mm. 
and Wadagosh is the main protagonist, most main antagonist rather. Hmm. Uh, most weeks, he just shows up to Earth and takes over another schmuck that Gohan has to go deal with. Okay. And he's like, "Well, you're a human too, so I don't want to just vaporize your ass." Hmm. And that's the balance. Every week, he's like, "I know that I could blow up the fucking Earth, but I have to protect it because I'm the indomitable champ, the unmitigated champion of justice." The indomitable great Saiyan man. The uninspiring champion of justice. <laughs> Dude, Jocko with that burn. Not as capable, uninspiring <laughs> son. Oh, two. So that's basically it for 74. Great Saiyan man episode. Always a good time. All you motherfuckers complaining. There's goofy. Tough doogies. Get off. Get off Goku's dick mm-hmm. for a two-episode arc. Uh, the Cell stuff. Moving on to the Cell stuff that we talked about All earlier. Right. All right. Let me see it. Let me see it. Say it. Let me see it. Oh, you want to see it? Let me see it. Shit. Please hold. Pretty cool. So, for those who don't know, Dragon Ball, the Jump Carnival bonus manga chapter came out with Dragon Ball Super. In that chapter, Trunks and Goten finally get a little bit of love. And you see him on, I think, Minotaurus Island, but based on some translations I saw this morning, it might actually stand for Monster Island. Cool. So they're off being Monster Island Rangers, and then Trunks gets punched in the face by a Cell Jr. Straight out the bushes. <laughs> and then you see a quick little flash to 17, and he's like, Ah, oh, piss. I forgot about that. I forgot to tell them about these Cell Juniors that I tamed. These seven Cell Juniors. And I think regenerated from the nuclei, the nuclei science. Hmm. From the ones that Gohan defeated during the Cell arc. He found them, he fought them, and he tamed them. And then Goten and Trunks had to fuck them up. Hmm. I guess. I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that when the series was about to wrap and the announcement for 2018 came out, Toriyama was quick to say that Toritaro's manga was going to differ from the anime. I think they're trying to use the manga as a way to correct, repair, streamline things that they didn't like about the anime. And make that the considered canon. I think. I don't know. He did say in those comments from March of earlier this year. That soon Toritaro's manga was going to surpass the Tournament of Power. Meaning not surpass in terms of quality. I mean like the story was going to go past that. And without an anime announced. There's no reason to think that. They wouldn't continue the manga. I mean, right? I mean, continue the story. And maybe we will get some kind of manga interpretation of this Broly film. We'll continue to get manga in January, February, and March. Maybe the series comes back in April and you've got three months of manga and three months of ramp time to be able to get the production issues with the show kind of you know, under control. You're not working at such a crazy breakneck pace of a, you know, a six week turnaround time to do one episode of the, of the show. So I don't know what to consider 
the canon because the, the manga has always been has always come first and that's always been the canon. And now you were in a situation where the manga didn't come first. The anime did. The manga is changing things, some significant things in terms of tournament of power. But also bringing in something like this, I don't think that's a. I mean, yeah, it's like a bonus chapter of the manga for this, you know, jump carnival celebration. But this is what you chose to do. I can't imagine you did that by accident. Brings the idea of maybe bringing Cell back in Super at a certain point. I mean, he already is in the junior iteration, right? I mean, it could line up so that when they end the Tournament of Power in the manga, the anime's set to go, right? So the anime still stays just in front of the... Maybe. I thought maybe that was what they were going to do when that stuff came out. Like, maybe they'll draw out the Tournament of Power, you know, no pun intended, through the manga and kind of stretch it and give people more focused stories, maybe give... like. One thing I really wanted to see in the Tournament of Power, the anime that I hope they'll give us in the manga, but I haven't seen it to this point, is more of a Vegito Topo, uh, excuse me, Vegeta Topo fight. So much of that fight is in the background in the beginning part of that arc, and eventually, you know, you do see how it pans out at the end of the series or towards the end of the, I think it's one twenty six or one twenty seven. Um, you see how it ultimately pans out, but that fight goes on throughout the fucking duration of that tournament it's always going on in the background (laughs) and every time they show it in the anime i'm like yeah that's the shit i want to see over there go focus on that for a minute fuck this ribbigan fuck this jiren fuck (laughs) this kefla i want to see that fuck yeah and i thought maybe that would be the route that toritaro was going to go in terms of the the manga adaptation and and stretch it out he's gone the complete opposite way he streamlined so 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 much really of the tournament of power yes so and i don't think you were on the episode maybe you were we talked about kale going to her legendary berserker mode yeah and knocking to out like half she the knocked universes out yeah half the pride troopers five pride troopers she knocked out universe uh i believe two and three and maybe four like i felt like it was more universes than that like it, a whole it was bunch. three uni- three and a half universes jeez ridiculous i mean not all of universe two not all of universe three not all of universe four but one fell swoop. I mean, she also eliminated the Namekians, too, from her own universe. So huh. we're not going to see Silent Ellen Perina's story arc or episode. You know, we fuse with every Namekian on our planet. We're strong as fuck. Right. Yeah? You fucking weak-ass Piccolo knockoffs. You had to do a whole fucking planet. Hmm. This is just three motherfuckers right here. <laughs> Ugh. Piccolo must have been pissed when he met those guys. <laughs> anyway, they got knocked off in Kale's rage, too. So... By that line of thought, with so much of the crust cut off of the shit sandwich, mm. I think maybe Toyotaro might get to the end of the Tournament of Power maybe around the time the movie's coming out. Word. I, I think. I, I don't know. In terms of pacing, it would make sense. I, I guess it really depends on how much time you're going to try to allocate to trying to repair Jiren's fucking backstory. Not repair. I mean, the idea of it is cool, but like... They give you this very vague idea of Jiren's backstory. They like try to shove it in in the last three episodes of Super. And they're like, hey, care about this guy now. You should because look at this sad ass shit that we're going to give you vague details about. Not even details. We're going to give you vague uh, inferences about his parents got murdered by a bad dude. Batman. Who's the bad dude? Nobody knows. You're never going to fucking find out apparently. Maybe they'll take that opportunity to kind of correct Jiren in the manga. 
Mm. Um, but based on the pacing, man, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But if they line up to bring Cell back at a certain point, I'm cool with it. Totally cool with it. Right. You know why? Cell's a G. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. No, cool. Yo, you know what song I'm talking about? And then then bam a bam now bam wow 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 oh hear it now That's one of the main reasons I love Gohan. Nah, I mean, this is kind of a bad example, I guess, but... That's true. This is the fucking tune that Gohan goes Super Saiyan 2... In the cell arc. Sweet. And then blast that motherfucker away. When that shit happens, I'm like. <laughs> so my point in saying that is I'll always have a little bit of a soft, soft spot for cell. For sure. Soft spot for self for sure. Soft spot for self for sure. Shit, that was hard to say. Wow, you finished that beer. About time. About GD time. <laughs> um, they brought him back at the Super Ivy cooled it. But, no more sell, okay? Because that's just some fucking long-term crazy speculation from two dudes who... Well, really, it's just me. I mean, Mike is just <laughs> along for the ride. I'm sorry, Mike. Whatever. Moving on to the big topic of discussion for me this week, at least. Friend of the show. And I'm only going to say he's friend of the show because I just saw this translation doing, you know, show prep, whatever, getting this ready. And I really wanted to talk about it. Some very interesting comments from the director of the Broly movie, Tatsuya Nagamine. So we're going to break this down. Herms98 on Twitter. Todd Blankenship. I recently learned, I think, that his first name is Jake. Hmm. I must say he's a friend of the show because I just tweeted at him after I read this translation. I was like, just wanted to remind you that I love you for what you do. And he said, thanks. Word. And he'd like to tweet. You know what that means? Friend of the show. So he does a translation. What I'm going to do here is I think just read the the full translation through. I'm going to do my best to not fucking say anything in the middle of it. And then we'll go through tweet by tweet real quick. All right, here goes. The DB official site interviews Dragon Ball Super Broly director Tatsuya Nagamine. As Toriyama gives Broly more characterization, Nagamine focuses on making him look super strong with various techniques. There's about 300 to 400 sheets of storyboard for Broly's action. Shit. On the new characters... Chelye is a young delinquent girl who acts on her emotions. She helps out Broly without thinking of the consequences, with terrible results. Limo has served in Frieza's army for decades. He wants to do something about Broly, but knows his own limits. Hmm. 
Limo encountering Broly and Chelier's actions start to Limo encountering Broly and Chelier's actions start to influence him. Hmm. Nagamine likes the balance between these characters, but saying any more would spoil the movie. On the usual suspects, Goku is already pretty close to being a god, and Vegeta is desperately trying to catch up. This time, Frieza shows particular growth. He wants to be on top, but is pondering how he can be with Beerus and Ko around. Is his ambition to defeat the Omni-King? Ooh. Or, in Resurrection F, Frieza was at a huge disadvantage fighting on his own. But Nagamine says everyone should look forward to seeing how Frieza will oppose Goku and Vegeta this time around. It was a bit hard for Nagamine when he heard Broly would be in this film, since his mentor, well, I'm about to butcher this, Shigeyasu Yamoche, directed the first Broly movie and he figured he couldn't surpass his mentor. Still, he focuses, still he's focusing on Toriyama's new characterization for Broly and making him look strong. Nagamine felt the image of what a Dragon Ball anime was like had gotten too fixed. He wants to refresh how Super Saiyan transformations, Kamehamehas, etc. are depicted using the latest animation methods. With that in mind, Toriyama's tingly back description for turning Super Saiyan inspired him to focus on the transformation's physical aspects. Yes, really. Nagamine says they're adapting Toriyama's script pretty much as is, apart from the action scenes. But the original script would have made for twice the scheduled 90-minute runtime, so everyone involved has worked to trim it down, though the runtime has still been slightly extended. So a little over 90 minutes. Nagamine was picked to direct the new film midway through serving as series director for Dragon Ball Super TV series. He wanted to see the TV series through to the end, but Toei insisted on him doing the movie. Still, Nagamine thinks the final Dragon Ball series director, Ryoto Nakamura, and his staff did a good job with the Universal survival arc. And it helped that Toriyama put a lot of effort into this arc, too. A typical episode has 3,500 to 4,000 frames, but DBS episode 131 had about double that. That's crazy. The number of animation frames is directly linked to going over budget and is therefore strictly controlled. Nagamine himself once got chewed out for using 4,000... Jesus fucking crazy, there's a lot of this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nagamine is a first generation Dragon Ball fan and watched the original anime as a kid. For him, one of Dragon Ball's strengths is how easy it is to understand the characters. Who's good, who's bad, etc. He wants this new movie to likewise be enjoyable even for those with no prior Dragon Ball experience. Hmm. That last tweet I just read is fucking loaded as hell, in my Hmm. opinion. All right, just going back through this. Uh, As Toriyama gives Broly more characterization, Nagamine focuses on making him look super strong with various techniques. 300 to 400 sheets of storyboard for Broly's actions in this movie. A.K.A. Hey, we know you fanboys are going to jerk off all over the place if we announce a Broly movie. Let us give you all the Broly porn that we can. <laughs> it's going to be Broly just kicking the fuck out of people. Yeah, that's what I got from the teaser trailer or whatever. The whole time. Yeah. Um, on the new characters, Chelia is a young delinquent girl who acts on her emotions. So she's not part of Frieza's army. She does meet Broly. She helps him out in some fashion without thinking of consequences. 
That'll be interesting to try to figure out. Maybe maybe Chelier like helps get Broly free of Frieza's army at a certain point. Mm. But it also says uh, she helps out Broly without thinking of the consequences with terrible results. So she goes to help Broly. Things get bad. Limo has served in Frieza's army for decades. He wants to do something about Broly. Knows his own limits. Limo encountering Broly and Chelier's actions start to influence him. Nagamine likes the balance between these characters. But saying any more would spoil the movie. So we know Limo is in Frieza's army. It sounds like Chelia isn't. Chelia goes and helps Broly at a certain point. Maybe those two partner up. And then Limo uses that to be able to recruit Broly into Frieza's army, maybe. So is Limo the skinny guy or the sorbet looking motherfucker? I think he's the sorbet looking motherfucker. Right. I believe. And then the uh, Chelly is the little delinquent girl. Yeah. And I don't remember the third dude's name who looked like a fucking straight up dick with his face like that. But I don't dick remember face. his name. Dick face. Dick face. It's just <laughs> dick face now. He's not mentioned in here. Um, but maybe that kind of explains how I think. I think based on the preview, we can kind of deduce, <laughs> deduce that. Hmm. Frieza probably gets Broly at a certain point in the movie to fight for him, to try to defeat Goku and Vegeta, maybe. And we'll we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, Goku was already pretty close to being a god, and Vegeta is desperately trying to catch up. So what you're telling me is Super Saiyan Blue Evolution Vegeta is not as strong as Goku, who can't tap into Ultra Instinct at will? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Sounds like that's what you're trying to tell me. Maybe Super Saiyan Blue Evolution isn't part of the canon for this movie. Maybe they don't give it to him in the manga, maybe. Maybe I, something like that happened. Did we see any blue in the preview? I mean, I thought he lost all god powers. Vegeta? Oh, both of them. No, uh, no, no, no. They didn't lose all god powers. No, yeah. no, no. They just, the Goku can't tap into Ultra Instinct. Not ultra, okay. There is a shot of Super Saiyan Goku, uh, Super Saiyan God Goku, okay. uh, with red, which will be cool to see. And Vegeta's oh. been confirmed to get that form in this movie as well. Cool. From the Comic-Con uh, scans. Uh, this time, Frieza shows particular growth. He wants to be on top, but is pondering how he can be with Beerus and Co. around. Is his ambition to defeat the Omni King. I wouldn't read too much into this quote, this translation, this this tweet. And the reason I say that is, motherfucker, we already thought about that at the end of the Tournament of Power. I'm sure Frieza is cognizant enough to be like, can't really do all that much in the fucking grand scheme of things. Man, if only I had the Super Dragon Balls, I could overtake Zeno's power. I bet you Frieza says a line like that in the fucking movie. And that's the... The weight that it has on the plot. That's that's probably fucking it. I wouldn't read too much into that one. In Resurrection F, Frieza was at a huge disadvantage fighting on his own, but Nagamine says everyone should look forward to seeing how Frieza will oppose Goku and Vegeta this time around. So that confirms Frieza's not a fucking ally in this movie, or at least not at the beginning of it. Maybe he changes halfway through and helps Vegeta and Goku defeat the bad guy in the end again. But... Yeah. It sounds like Freeze is going to be like, hey, what's up, Saiyans? Yeah, I saw you a couple months back. Tournament of Power. Great memories. I'm about to fucking kill you guys. I just <laughs> enslaved this ruthless, big-ass Saiyan dude. He's about to wreck your day. So, <laughs> cool. See you at the end of the second act of the movie where we have to uh, unite our forces in order to overcome Broly in the third act. 
It was a bit hard for Nagamine when he heard Broly would be in this film since his mentor, Shigayasu. Fuck, man. Shigayasu Yamoche. Yamoche? Directed the first Broly movie and he figured he couldn't surpass his mentor. Still, he's focusing on Toriyama's new characterization for Broly and making him look strong. So this dude was the director of the fucking film already when he heard that Broly was going to be in the movie. Hmm. That tells me that it was a late addition. I honestly think Toriyama was trying to set this up to have it be Yamoshi. And Toei was like, yo, look at this money, though. Yeah, but... Broly. Broly, 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 Broly. You Gotta want the your, Broly, we got the Broly. Nah. Gotta get that Broly. Gotta get that Broly. You had it. Fucking Toei, dude. Jesus Christ. Broly, 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 Broly. You want some Broly? Give us your money. Broly. Give us your money. <laughs> Give us your money. Broly. Nagamine felt the image of what a Dragon Ball anime was like had gotten too fixed. He wants to refresh it. Okay, cool. That ex- describes the new animation we're going to see. I think it's going to be dope as hell. Uh, with that in mind, Toriyama's tingly back description for turning Super Saiyan inspired him to focus on the transformation's physical aspects. So Whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, what does that mean? Like when we see somebody go Super Saiyan in this movie, maybe not specifically Broly, but maybe Goku and Vegeta too. Are they going to get like super bulked out? They're going to get, like, spiky back hair. Is that why you, like, reduced, like, the definition in terms of how you animate it now? So that way when you do animate up or when you do transform up to those higher levels, you animate it up as well to have them be more defined and bulky? Like, Hmm. is that a production uh, idea? Like, to save money? I I don't know. I don't fucking know dick about animation. We should talk about anime. We should talk to Anime AJ about that shit. Hmm. Maybe we can get him on the show. Maybe. We should try. Uh, Nagamine says they're adapting Toriyama's script pretty much as is apart from the action scenes but the original script would have made for twice the scheduled 90 minute runtime. so everyone involved has worked to trim it down so it would have been three hour fucking epic. yeah it would have been a three hour Broly epic oh dude that does sound alright I want to see that shit alright <laughs> Like, if you want to let Toriyama do a fucking Star Wars, you let Toriyama do a Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You let him fucking do anything else he fucking wants to. The man wants to make a three-hour movie, well, you already he fucking it. do it. The same fucking tweet they complain about fucking 4,000 frames on an episode, man. You think it'll <laughs> make him let, him let him make a fucking three-hour? Yeah. No. Talk about production budget. You're right. It, it sucks, but to do the quality the movies deserve it's a huge upgrade from what you see in the anime obviously so to be able to do that on such a high level for such an extended runtime a three hour Dragon Ball movie would be fucking worth it though I bet you'd be the best Dragon Ball movie ever ever Uh, still Nagamine thinks final Dragon Ball oh excuse me Uh, I skipped one Nagamine was picked to direct the new film midway through serving as series director for the Dragon Ball Super TV series. All right. Midway through Dragon Ball Super, which Dragon Ball Super is 130 episodes. What is half of 130? 65. 65? And a half. What happens? What's going on right around 65? Um, Is that... That's like right... That's like the end of the Future Trunks arc. That's like... Just before Vegito comes in. Okay. I don't know, man. You could argue that there's a total 
fucking tonal shift right around there to what you see in a tournament of power. When you watch episode, I'm not picking it for a story purpose, but like just for like in, in terms of like uh, how the episode is obviously structured because of you know what the show is and what they're doing in that arc. But if you grab an episode like around like one, is it one fifteen or one fourteen? Is the Kefla episode? Grab that, pair that shit up to like episode fuck dude 55 midway through the trunks arc it's like a different show it's it's so different mm-hmm. and it makes sense that this dude departed right around that same time so now in my brain i'm asking myself i'm like which which half of super do i prefer the first half or the second half i like things about both halves but i mean if i could tell the difference it would be you know there's a lot more joking and nostalgia in the first half whereas the second half kind of it plays off itself where it's you know a lot of new characters a lot of dark there's a lot of darkness in that second half darkness. and the world of void is is fucking nothing literally nothing i don't know which which half of the series i prefer the first half or the second half but either way there's like a direct correlation here when this right around the time this dude departs to go work on the movie the, the the series changed like a lot. I think it got more exciting like there's in the so second much, half. There's so many jokes. There's so much like fun. The, I remember when you know, Super first started to air, production issues aside with how shitty some of the animation was, I remember coming away from some of the episodes and being like, meh. Meh. <laughs> the last 30 episodes of Dragon Ball Super, this podcast aside... The last 30 episodes of Dragon Ball Super, I was like, yo, let's get the fucking next Sunday, dude. The, the, the Tournament of Power put this series into a, a new level of hype for me. Yeah. I think a lot of people would agree with that anyway. I, I don't know. I could be fucking on, on my yeah. own with that. I like, the, I like the jokes and the palling around episodes, though, man. <laughs> yeah, the slice of life stuff is good, and it definitely breaks up. Like, if they were better at trying to balance, you know, the tonal... Uh, second half of super where it's a lot more dark and a lot more focused and a lot more <sighs> i mean i hate to say it but it recycles a lot of its own shit in the second half and we all know because they were winding down production um i think the second half does a better job of having a serious tone but if you could kind of slice in no pun it fuck dude puns all day you slice in them slice of life's bro <laughs> that'll be great right all i needed was a couple of fucking just to alleviate it uh Trunks episodes, you know? I just want to see what the kids are up to yeah. on an island by themselves, <laughs> unsupervised. And by the way, they're taking care of Krillin and 18's little ass daughter. Yeah, what the hell? She can't fight. <laughs> what if she gets eaten by a dinosaur or some shit? Or a Minotaurus or a Cell Jr.? Yeah, but you know, there would have been riots in Mexico if we're waiting on a tournament of power cliffhanger and then we're all of a sudden we're in fucking Trunks and the Fallen Around episode. <laughs> Imagine fucking that. Riots. It's like, God, God. Gosh, he does here, and then it fucking like cuts to the the credits, and you're like, ah, 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 whatever the fuck the end of the song was at the end of Super, I don't care. And then you're like, oh shit, Goku's about to Ultra Instinct the fuck out of Jiren next week. And then you see the preview, it's like, bam, 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 bam. Oh, so Goku, Goten and Trunks getting into some shit out in the wilderness. They fucked up some poaches. And then they saw, a, like, a wolf. Sale <laughs> Jr. punched you in the mouth and from the bush? Oh, no. Dun, 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 dun. Ikai, Dragon Ball Super. 
Ko te ni trunks you, Minotaurus Island. No! I can't even fucking, I don't know. Anyway, you're right. Mexico would have gone fucking nuts. It would have gone to war with Japan. It's just Goten and Trunks being like, oh, Trunks, oh. And they fucking beat up poachers. <laughs> Ten minutes just poachers. of beating up poachers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't often agree with, with what Toei does regarding this series right now, but... I think they made the right call there. They they spared Mexico. Yeah, I guess. That was cool, Toei. I guess you're right. That was really cool. Back to the article. The number of animation frames is directly linked to going over budget and is therefore strictly controlled. Who gives a shit about that? Anime AJ, make a video. Explain to me. Explain that tweet to me like I'm five years old. Explain that tweet to me now like I'm three years old. Nagamine is a first-generation Dragon Ball fan and watched the original anime as a kid. For him, one of Dragon Ball's strengths is how easy it is to understand the characters. Who's good, who's bad, etc. He wants this movie to likewise be enjoyable even for those with no prior Dragon Ball experience. You want to know what that fucking last tweet means, dude, from like a PR perspective? Want to know what that is? That's a really nice way to say... I know that we tease that it's going to be big, grand, and epic in fashion, but keep in mind, we had to cut out half of Toriyama's original story, and we're trying to make this thing appeal, not only to long-term fans, but somebody who walks in off the street and is like, what the fuck's a Dragon Ball Super? I'm going to go see this cartoon-ass movie. I don't know dick about it. Can't imagine if this person actually exists. But what they're trying to do is... Try to appeal to brand new first-time Dragon Ball fans. Hey, everybody. We cut the script in half. And we're dumbing the fucking story down. Is what that says to me. Right. I'm not hopeful for this. I mean, I hope it's good. I don't expect it to be good. I'm sure it'll be cool as fuck to see visually this new animation style. It sounds like they're going to have Broly porn the entire time. Mm. 300 to 400 fucking storyboard pictures for Broly's actions throughout the movie what the fuck man that's gonna be a Broly heavy movie he's gonna fight every motherfucker under the sun oh yeah he's gonna fight Vegeta he's gonna make him look like a bitch he's gonna be like hey Frieza no first then he's gonna be like hey dad fuck you I'll kill you and then he kills his dad he's gonna be like hey fuck you Frieza he's gonna kill Frieza and then Goku and Vegeta are gonna fuse into Gogeta no Ultra Instinct. <gasps> Imagine if it's Ultra Instinct Gogeta, though. Oh, does I fucking nut. This did. I gotta change. Oh god. Sweet. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. It's gonna do it for Super Dope this week. <laughs> um, but suddenly my pants are not as comfortable as they once were. <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> No, that's not how we end the show. Um, make sure you guys check us out. Rate, review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Don't forget about the live event, September 17th, the live podcast at Askew in Providence. Uh, this coming Friday night. What the fuck is the date on Friday? Is that like the 9th? Is that the 9th? No, that's the 10th. Friday the 10th, we'll be doing a live stream of the podcast for the weekend. For the one year anniversary of Super Dope. Sweet. Fucking 
A year flew. I can't believe I do this shit every week. Jesus. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me, you think? Hmm. I don't know. I got to order a pizza, though, because I'm hungry. Okay, I'm going to see what I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat.